You are listening to Harford County Living Podcast with Rich Bennett and Sarah Coleman. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for coming. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced every month for your enjoyment and show notes are found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Harco Living and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's join Rich, Sarah, and their special guest. Welcome to the Harford County Living Podcast, Episode 2. And our guest this week, or this month, I should say, we have uh, the District Governor of 22A Lions, Larry Burton as well as the pastor of Joppatown Christian Church and president of the Joppa Development and Heritage Corporation, Adam Schellenbarger. And of course, he's involved with everything else too. So um, he'll explain that in a little bit. One of the things I wanted to mention real quick, I've had a couple calls and emails, people asking if we were going to be going back to the radio station or actually just keeping it like this as a podcast. did some numbers, did some check-in, and come to find out we actually have more people listening to the podcast, even though we've only had the one so far. But the other thing is, too, they like the fact that we can keep on going and don't have to break every seven or eight minutes for commercials. So uh, I think our first podcast was a little over an hour, if I'm not mistaken. But we actually had a lot of discussion in it, so um, it worked out pretty well. So... Anyway, Sarah, how you been? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hot, but hanging in there. Right. So, weather's just, uh. no, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it being cooler, though, at the end of the week. I just wish you could stay like 60 or 70 all year long with no humidity. I'd be happy. Uh, Larry, we're going to go to you first. Um, I guess, well, Lions Clubs. Because a lot of people still, they don't know what we do. Uh, don't know a lot about it, so... Tell everybody, what exactly do the Lions do? What are they doing for? Well, just to give you a little history, and it is somewhat amazing that Lions Clubs, a lot of people do not know about Lions Clubs. We're actually 99 years into our history. It is an international organization, and we have 1.4 million members around the world in 210 countries. So we're not a secret, but part of the problem is, is we're not big on patting ourselves on the back. We get out there, we help others, and you know, we go on to our next project. Our motto is we serve. So really foundationally, our whole idea, our reason for being is to volunteer service to help those that are less fortunate. And here locally, um, as you said, I'm a district governor for the Baltimore metro area. So there's 29 clubs in the Baltimore metro area. That's the city and the immediate surrounding counties. And in Harford County, we actually have a very large presence. We have 11 different Lions clubs sprinkled throughout Harford County. So there certainly is one right in your backyard if it's something, and hopefully you've heard of them, and you know some folks may have familiarity with what they do. Some are smaller than others, but you're in Darlington, and you guys seem very, very active. Uh, we're fortunate we are in Darlington, and historically I will say it seems like the rural communities seem to have, the, the Lions Club have higher visibility because there's, you know, we're kind of the only game in town, if you will. People are used to turning to the Lions Club for help. If you get into your more populated areas like a Bel Air or an Aberdeen, you have town services, you have more state services and the like. So government services tend to get tapped as opposed to reaching out to your Lions Club. So we have pretty large visibility in Darlington because we are more rural in nature. 
But you guys are pretty active with the Apple Festival up there too, aren't you? Okay. Everyone in Darlington <laughs> is active with the Apple Fest. It's part of, I moved to Darlington 18 years ago, and what I didn't know is when you get a Darlington address, you're signed up to work for the Apple Fest. No, no, no asking. You've got a job. You've got a job to do. So you know, you just live with that. <laughs> now, how is um, membership going in in lines general? In general, and, and again, I'll start internationally. We're holding our own. Okay. Um, but with that said, there certainly has been growth in other areas of the world. Uh, Asia has seen a huge boom in terms of the prestige of being a lion, so that has resonated with folks. The United States has seen a decrease in lions, so it's not just a local phenomenon, it's been across the board, and I think, and Adam's here today, and he'll, he'll touch on it a little bit, you know, we're struggling in all service organizations, finding people finding the time to make a commitment to these groups to, to help others. I think people have that, they want to do it, but part of the, the tug of social media and the fact that you know, we've got the internet, you've got 150 channels on TV, you know, you can pull up a movie at any time with Netflix. It, people finding that downtime to then dedicate to service right. has been a struggle for everyone. Now what about as far as, because I've heard some people say, you know, cost-wise, now I know, I mean, dues-wise, it's not a lot. I think, what, $20, $25 a quarter, something like that. But with people, I guess one of the biggest complaints I've heard, we have dinner meetings. Well, right. you go to every dinner meeting, and it still ends up being pretty expensive. Now, is that mandatory for all clubs to have a dinner meeting or just a general meeting? Well, you know? and the thing is, with line, every club is different. Right. There is no one-size-fits-all. There is no, this is what thou shalt do. It's, it's grassroots, so an individual club controls its own destiny, the projects that it wants to take on the structures of its meeting and whatnot. And, and you're correct, a lot of uh, clubs go to a restaurant and as a district governor, I get around to every club and I will tell you in the Baltimore metro area, the, the top tier of meals that a club has is $27. And I will tell you, for me, you know, that's if, if I was a younger individual, when I first started in Lions in my 30s, I would have said, you know, that's a little steep for me right. to go to a monthly meeting, $27. I mean, I was more of a burger and fries kind of guy. <laughs> but, on the grill, I'm ready to eat. But, you know, there, the counter example is in Darlington. Uh, we're fortunate. We actually go to local churches, and the church admin staffs actually prepare our meals. We actually pay the churches for the meals, and we get those meals for $10. Jarrettsville oh, wow. does it for like $12, so you, you get a home-cooked meal, and the money goes to the churches, and those folks, you know, the, the churches are struggling as well. It's a source of income for the churches, and many of the churches view it as their service back to the community by having the Lions Club sit in. So, you know, there, there's lots of different ways that clubs can be structured and how they can handle meals and the like. That's a great idea. That's, and, hmm, Adam, you and I may have to talk later about that. Sure. <laughs> you guys got a kitchen, right? Uh, we can't cook anything on premises, but we can probably bring stuff in. We're pretty, uh, we're having a potluck coming up on Sunday if you want to see what we can do. It's pretty remarkable. We have to bring the grills up? Oh, we have a grill. We're doing <laughs> burgers and hot dogs on Sunday. So. And speaking of which, actually, I'm going to turn it over to you, Adam. You got your hands full in a couple things. So, and you're, um, actually, Joptown Christian Church, how long have you been there now? Uh, it's been about, actually, this week was three years for three me. Three years, okay. So. 
No, we're fine. She, me, I'm good. Thank you, Megan. I didn't know if you were on air. That's okay. Go, you can do your core, Marty. Just in case, uh, that's Megan again. We're here at Town Grill and Pub. Uh, she's always trying to come in and give me a hard time. So, um, now as far as far as with your church, with uh, I, I guess members and all. I mean, how's that? Cool. Uh, so when I got here, uh, the church was at a very stagnant point, and it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just kind of the guy who I took over for started the church back in 1967 uh, with the help of other churches in the area like Mountain Christian Church and he had um, come back after one of the men who was leading the church had a stroke and the elders asked him to fill in for a year or so and that turned into four years and he was very hesitant to start anything that um, I would or whoever would come next it turned out to be me would get stuck with um, so a lot of things just weren't really happening. Uh, there were a few dedicated individuals, himself included, who were trying to kind of keep things going. But um, it had really reached a level of stagnation. And then we, uh, I got here and um, kind of learned the ropes for a little bit and kind of tested the waters and got involved in the community and um, really have been trying to lead in that perspective. Um, Speaking of which, I want to thank you for that because you have become very, very active in your community, and that's something I think, well, throughout everywhere, more people need to do. Well, I, I definitely believe in that. I mean, um, if our church, uh, what I always tell our church is, if, if we close down tomorrow and nobody missed us, we're not doing our job. Right. Um, so we nice. want to try to be in the community, for the community. Um, we try to do as much as we can. And like I said, if, if if this community didn't exist, there'd be no reason for us to exist. And if we didn't exist, I want the community to not necessarily feel that pain. I don't want Joppa Town to feel pain at all, but hopefully I don't want our our church to close down either. So Yeah, that's a good point, though. I mean, if you were going to Mario, you would notice. I, I uh, might have to bring that up with our club now. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. And now this new organization you have, a new 501c3. Yeah, well, it's actually not a 501c3. I think it's a 509a or something, okay. but it's a public charity. Um, it's the Job Development Heritage Corporation. I can't really take credit for starting it. Uh, it was started by kind of a ragtag group of individuals, and I kind of came in right at the end of the launching process. But um, as we started to get it out, out into the public, it was just kind of a rallying cry. Um, the Mariner at Mariner Point Park, our statue is in shambles. And we kind of use that as a touchstone for the community saying, you know what, no one's going to come down here and help us if we're not helping ourselves. And we need to try to do things to better our community, better our position in the county. Um, and we need to take ownership and responsibility for that. And so we decided to do that by uh, making this organization since um, Joppa Town and Joppa are not an incorporated entity right. uh, we don't have anybody any kind of city council we don't have anybody who can spend money uh, from the county we have to rely on the county with all their other priorities to spend money on us um, so by creating this charity we we're able to apply for grants we're able to accept donations we're able to fundraise and we can determine as the uh, corporation how best to use those funds to help our community and we have many many different committees that are set up um, right now we have five official ones but we have many more in the in the chamber ready to go and we're just kind of um, 
we just started really officially last month. We right. elected our board. They made the foolish decision to make me the president. <laughs> and, um, or I was foolish to accept. I can't figure out which. But we have, a, we have a waterways committee. We have two parks committees. One is focusing on Mariner Point Park. One is uh, focusing on getting Mariner Point Park and the Gunpowder State Park to become part of the Maryland Heritage Area. As well, it should be. Yeah, and uh, we have a schools committee where we're going to be trying to help the schools in the, our community. And uh, we also have, let's say I said waterways. Uh, well, we have a greenway committee planned. We have a fundraising committee planned. Oh, we have the um, zoning legislation and master plan committee. Uh, which we're, we have one wonderful woman, Gloria Moon, who just loves pouring through those documents and picking them apart and figuring out what should be in them and what's not in them. So we're now really... The council's meeting about that tonight, too, aren't Yeah, they, they are. Um, I don't know if anybody will listen to the podcast by tonight. But, no, but, well, all right. Well, today's June 7th, so they're meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we're really trying to attack things from all kinds of different areas and, and really trying to put things together Um so I do. I have my hand in a lot of different aspects. I, uh, we mentioned before, I'm on the PTA at the Joptown High School. I also co-coach the academic t- uh, competition team there. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. But it's it's been great. I love Joppatown. I love Harford County. Um, I have a lot of friends in Harford County and uh, have known people in Harford County for a long time. So it's been really, really spectacular being able to be close to friends and family. The um the other thing you guys are working on, too, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, something with the shopping center because of the uh, trying to get more stores in or something like that. We have a proposed shopping center committee. Okay. Um, we have a couple different people with a couple different ideas, and I'm not sure about the feasibility of any of them, uh, but it's something where we're trying to invest in our community, even if certain companies that are done on Pratt Street and Baltimore won't invest in our community. So. And now, since you guys are a new organization, how are you as far as with members? Do you know? Well, our, our first meeting, we like I said, we used that uh, Mariner as a touchstone for our community. Our first saying, meeting was crowd. I remember that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we put a flyer out saying something like, uh, the old man has seen better days and so has Joppa, <laughs> so come on out and help us. And the first meeting we were expecting about, I don't know, if we got lucky, we were thinking we'd get 40 people or something. Uh, it was at the my church's building. And we ended up with 120 at that first meeting. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then since then, we haven't seen turnout quite like that. But what I really like about our organization, the way we're setting it up, is um, we have a few people who, are, who have paid lifetime dues. And we were thinking about taking that option away. But we're not really too, too worried about dues money. We're, we're going to be trying to get grants and fundraise in other ways. And one of the things that's really nice is we're trying, I at least as president, I'm trying to uh, lighten my workload and make it as decentralized as possible so that, you know, as the board, we only are expecting to meet maybe once a year because we have to. Um, we'll meet in the general meetings and we'll kind of run the meetings and stuff, but the general meetings are going to be primarily to get uh, reports from different uh, committees. Right. And the committees are going to be doing the work. So that's one thing that I've, I've found is really great. Um, instead of having to come to the big general meeting, if you're interested in, in the Waterways Committee and the Waterways Committee is doing something, you can be involved in that. Uh, you don't have to come to the, the business meeting. You don't have to come to anything. Hopefully your committee head will come right. so we can know what you're doing. 
Um, you go to the committee meetings, you get involved in what you want to do. If you have a particular project that you want to lead, we have the ability to just incorporate you as a committee at the next general meeting. You come once, we appoint you head, and we say, report back to us what you're doing. Here's the expectations for you as a committee. Go do what you're going to do. If you need some fundraising help, if you need some grants, uh, we have a, we're hoping to have a grant application committee who can do that for you. So we're all going to try to use this as a place where we can kind of come to work together and then have a, a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different projects. And instead of getting bogged down in the red tape, you just go do what you're going to do and hopefully it'll all work out. So it's more of a, the, the board is more of a communication um, center rather than any kind of permission center or whatever. Um, we're going to make sure that people operate with certain expectations. But other than that, I don't really want to get in people's way. I mean, right. it, that's I think that's part of uh, what we, you were talking about earlier was when we have this perspective of, well, we need to go do this, we need to go, but you need to do steps A, B, C, D, and E first. What the corporation did was we've taken care of all those steps and now we're ready just to go and we're just trying to give people the opportunity to go and do whatever um, in the name of the Japa Development and Heritage Corporation, which already has public support public money that kind of thing and so people can get involved very easily very quickly yeah i guess this question is to both of you what i mean any ideas on how to get in the community people in general more involved with whether it be the lions club you know your corporation or just in general getting them involved in anything I mean, it, it, it's. I mean, that seems like uh, that's a really good question because I, I think that would be really difficult. I mean, just not necessarily just this community, but everywhere, like to get people involved. I know myself. I say, oh yeah, I wanna. I really do want to do that, and I really do. Like, I, I really do want to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But realistically, it's probably not going to happen. I think a lot of it is driven by just changes in society and because now there are so many options and there are different means of communication and keeping up on things that years ago you had to join something and you had to commit to something in order to be involved. In other words, if you did not come to the meeting within the closed room, you were on the outside. You didn't know right. what was going on. Right. Nowadays, whether there's podcasts, broadcasts, People are taking pictures with their phones that they're posting. There's Facebook messages, websites. You can you can sit at home and keep up to speed on things that are of interest to you, and you can insert yourself at an end state. So you know, say a relay for life type of thing. There's lots of things that go on to you know plan one of those, and people don't have a full appreciation about the level of effort to pull all that together. Right. But I can show up the last day and they, you know, maybe I can put out an email and gather sponsors and I can show up and walk a few laps and I leave with that I helped I did something you know and I get that feel-good feeling but all of the upfront effort in terms of planning and execution um, you, you've missed out on and again a few people have done that heavy lifting and I think you know that gets multiplied by all the things that are out there and, and all the things that are out there is the other struggle it used to be you had a few opportunities and a few mechanisms in which to contribute your time and talent. Right. Well, like I said, you get on Google and whatever the disease that you want to combat or contribute against or the cause, 
and you know every time you hear of a tragedy someone is establishing some organization or some fundraiser to help combat that and you can then jump in and assist in that manner so there's a lot of things that are out there as options which pull people in multiple directions and hence you don't get the commitment from people to a specific organization or you struggle to get the commitment i should say people still do it but it's it's difficult and you know just hearing adam with all the things they're doing great things um, and by the way, Adam, I will tell you, we have a couple of pastors in Darlington that are members of the Lions Club. So don't think that by staying busy outside that you can't be a member. Um, I've got applications in my bag, in fact. But, uh, <laughs> hey, but I've already talked to Adam before mentioned this yeah, trip because hey, we want to do something and, together. <laughs> and, you know, and it's wonderful here. You know, you, you, I mean, you have some connections. Connections to school are very powerful. And, again, Lions Clubs, we look to leverage those because – Again, county government and the, the Board of Education, it's gotten dif more difficult to get into the schools and do things. Um, you know, Lions have a long history of doing vision screening, and we used to have relationships with school nurses. We would take in the machines, and the Lions would come in, and they'd screen hundreds of kids in a couple hours. And again, we're not, we're not professionals, but what happens is you pull out now the dozen or so that you know fail the test and now the school nurse can focus her time and effort and really make an assessment as to whether those kids should be referred to an optometrist and whatnot but you know so i would love you know people like you that have a connection to the school that can get us in and you know work with the kids and get the kids involved in the community outside the walls of the school is, a, is another great yeah. thing to be able to do yeah i think it's interesting you know it's funny um you mentioned like <laughs> well relay for life we just had the central harford relay for life this past weekend i was on the event leadership team for that i forgot to mention that earlier but um <laughs> it's it, it's interesting because we we didn't have uh the number of people that we're accustomed to having and part of the reason i think was it's hard to get people involved uh, we set our meetings very early on we're going to meet the second wednesday of every month and that's one of the reasons I'm not involved in the Lions Club, because your meetings are on Thursdays, right. and my church has a pub trivia team. We have trivia on Thursday nights every Thursday. So that's my my obligation is to my church uh, first for that, so I can't add anything if it's only on Thursday nights. A lot of people who wanted to get involved with Relay for Life couldn't come to team captain meetings because they were only on Wednesday nights. And it wasn't until we sent out a list saying, here's your campsite list, sign up for a campsite, and here's a fundraising list, sign up for a fundraiser, that people started saying, oh, this is what I plan to do, this is what I want to do, whatever. We, we basically put it right in their faces and said, here's how you get involved, and then people kind of got involved. But we had to send that information to them. I think the idea, the days of, of centralized, large-scale meetings is kind of something that may be going uh, to you know to the past. I know with my church, for instance, we can do that on Sunday, but if we have anything other than Sunday morning, um, we want to have a Bible study. We want to have a, a special service in the middle of the week for Monday Thursday during Easter time or something. Those are much less attended than you know. People will mark off Sunday morning on their calendar because that's when you go to church, but. What I'm trying to get people to understand is you can go to church even if you're at the Lions Club meeting. Like, that could be church. You could be praising Jesus Christ. You can be doing whatever if, if you were there. So it doesn't really matter to me as long as, you know, you kind of come touch base every once in a while, make sure you're not, like, 
doing cultish things. You can go off and do whatever you want, um, and you can do it in the name of the Joppatown Christian Church or Joppa Development and Heritage Corporation. Try not to do anything illegal, but just go do what you're going to do and, and feel empowered to do that. Um, and I think that's one way that my my age group, I'm 28 years old, is getting involved in stuff, is making things as easy as possible to serve. I'll give you another example. My, um, my church, for a long time, has, has wanted, we've had a heart for homeless individuals, but uh, being in Joppa Town, there are a few here and there, but it's not quite as concentrated as, you know, when you're driving down Route 40 or you're going into the city or something. There was a girl at our church named Alex. There was uh, my girlfriend also kind of came up with the idea. They were both kind of doing it themselves. And um, it finally rose up, bubbled up to the top. And, and they said, what we would like to do is we would like the church to create homeless care kits where we're going to put together a care kit. It's going to have a bottle of water. It's going to have a blanket. It's going to have That's some great. food. It's going to have some you know, hygiene products, and we're going to put some information in there about how to find shelter, how to find resources, how to get in touch with government uh, help who can help you. And we're going to put that all in a bag, and we're going to make a hundred of these. And we're going to put them all together, and we're going to give them to members in the church so that when they're driving by, instead of having to feel forced to give them a couple dollars and you don't know how they're going to spend that money, you're going to give them something that is at least, at the very least, going to provide some warmth, some sustenance, and and some information that they might be able to get out of the situation if they choose to get out of it. Not all homeless individuals want to be housed or want to be sheltered. They they like their situation. They're fine with it, and that's their prerogative. But this was a way that we were able to kind of empower people to say, wherever you are, keep one of these in your car. And you can give it out and and you're doing something positive because we can't go down and track down every single homeless individual but if you happen to see one here you go you're ready to serve you're empowered to do that right then right there and uh, we actually uh, one time i was at pub trivia and somebody ended up spilling um, one of those containers that has sugar packets and they hit the floor and the restaurant was just going to throw them out because osha laws say once they hit the floor, you can't use them anymore. They were perfectly Even the sealed packets. Apparently, so wow. I said, "Well, that's ridiculous. I'm just going to take these, steal these. I don't know if I was allowed to." <laughs> and I kept them so that we can put them in our homeless care kits. And there was another woman who, uh, or another team, who heard me say that. And about two hours later, a woman from that team comes over and she gives me twenty dollars and she said, "We don't have the time to help the homeless, but." we know that you are so we want to put this towards your your ministry to do that and i thought that was really great but a couple weeks later i brought her one of our care kits and i said this is what we do with that money you don't need to give us money necessarily you're welcome to give us money i'm not going to turn down money but uh you're you know you can put these care kits together yourself and so when you see homeless individuals you can give these care kits out it's not something that you have to be a member of Town christian church to do this is a way that you can help your community, the people that you see, you're empowered to do that. And if you make it easy for people to do that, I think that's something that is really part of the solution for getting people involved. We just, when we put up too many barriers, you said about getting into the schools. I walked into the school one day and I said, I would like to help. And they scanned my driver's license. And as long as I'm in the presence of a teacher, as long as I'm in the presence of somebody who is employed by the school district, I can help. 
now I would like to get more involved in the school and they want me to get fingerprinted and I would yeah. like to get fingerprinted. I don't mind paying the, I think it's $75 to do that. Um, but the problem is the school district hasn't called me back to get fingerprinted yet. So I'm working on that. Uh, but I understand the necessary precautions, but it is one of those things where, you know, just trying to help sometimes just walking in the front door and seeing if you can, I'm here to help and see if they do something. A lot of times you'll hear no, but if you really are passionate about something, there's generally a way to get in there and do it. You're involved in, I know, Joppadown High School has made a big difference. Um, we actually talked about this on the last podcast because you know, now there's a good shot that we may be getting a junior ROTC program, knock on wood. Yes. Um, and hopefully become a magnet school. And one of the other things, I don't know if you saw the U.S. was a U.S. news and U.S. and World News report about schools. And they listed um, there were three schools in Harford County that ranked in the top, and yeah. that was Aberdeen, Edgewood, and Joplin. Great. Um, and, and that makes a big difference. The biggest thing we hear that I hear all the time about Joplin High School is, well, we don't want our kids going there. Well, that, which that's is all, why they're at lower capacity. That's all, that's all Route 40 schools, and yeah, you know, which I grew ridiculous. up in Bel Air, and. It, it's amazing to me, and it's actually kind of funny that you said that the top three schools were the Route 40 schools. Mm-hmm. I bet you folks in Bel Air are, it's well, like eating them up internally. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, as you, he's involved in the school. I know, I, I, matter of fact, after, after we're done here, I got to take cases of water to Magnolia Middle School. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have parents and even graduates that still care that want to get involved. And that's key. Yeah, I I think that, well, for the non-Route 40 schools, they have had a good reputation for a long time, and they are consistently doing well. And I think that's probably, with the three schools you mentioned, I think what we're seeing there is you see schools who historically have not done quite as well as those other schools who are now starting to outperform where they were. So they're rising higher and they're rising faster. Basically, if you're you're scoring at 97% achievement, if you get to 98%, that's that's only 1%. Mm-hmm. But if you're scoring at 70% achievement and you get to 80%, that's, that's 10%. A big, that's yeah. a big jump. And so I think we're starting to see that on the Route 40 corridors. We're starting to see students who are more engaged in their schools. I know Ms. Ziegler, the pr- uh, principal at Joppatown High School, um, which is, I think, still the only strand one school on the 40 corridor, she is just doing a great job, but it, it is one of those things where the other schools in Harper County have a much, they're much closer to the ceiling already. Mm-hmm. What Ms. Ziegler is doing is she is rapidly propelling Joppatown High School towards that ceiling. And as we get closer and closer to it, it's gonna be one of those things where the way that these metrics are measured, it's gonna be something where, oh, you know, it slows down. I wanna discourage people from thinking that you can have a great school that is performing at 97% and it doesn't get on one of those lists. Or you can have a really poor school that is outperforming itself for one year. It's when you start seeing, like Joppatown has been, when you start seeing those things coming consistently over and over and over again, all of a sudden you say, hey, something big is going on at Joppatown High School. And I really believe that something is. Yeah. Um, and so with the schools committee, with the Joppa Development and Heritage Corporation, we're really trying to figure out how to push that from the elementary school level up now, um, so that when we have kids who are getting to Joppatown High School or getting into a magnet program, 
that they are fully equipped and fully ready to do so. Not saying that they're not already, but um, part of the thing that I've seen in our community is our community has not really invested in the schools. Yeah. And once we do, if we if if we become that village that raises our children, then we're going to be able to really propel our community. And that may be the silver bullet for a place like Joppa Town, which has fallen on harder times. There's struggling businesses and there's you know closing businesses and empty vacant buildings but if we have a, a place where we're proud of our children we're proud of our school and those kids want to come back to Joppa Town because it's the community that helped support them and raise them and if we give them business opportunities and jobs to be able to stay here and be in the area um, they're going to want to reinvest in the community that invested in them and it's it's kids and schools are the best investment that we can make. Well, and that's the one, and I guess this comes over to you, Larry, because you're getting the kids involved at these key. And I know the Joptown Lions Club, we have a Leo's Club um, at Joptown High School. We tried to get one at the middle school. Unfortunately, that never went through. Darlington, you have a Leo's Club, but it's not in the school, correct? Exactly. We're a community-based Leo Club because we do not have a middle school or a high school in the Darlington area. We have elementary schools at Darlington and Dublin that cover the area, but then our kids get bussed out to Havity Grace, North Hartford, and or Hartford Tech, depending on where they're going to school. So our club is base, our Leo club is basically put the call out to kids between the ages of 12 and 18 and said, hey, how would you like to do community service? And it started, we centered around Francis Silver Park, which is in the heart of downtown Darlington, if you will. Um, but it's where, you know, it's where the tennis courts are. It's where the playground is. It's where the soccer field is. And so these kids start going there when they're toddlers. That's where they go to the playground. As they get older, they're playing on the field. They're coming to watch the parade and the fireworks. So the park is really central to the community. And so these kids were drawn initially by, they have, they've adopted the park which means once a year the county drops off mulch and the kids go out and they haul the mulch and they spread the mulch and take care of it. They put in raised beds where people can now pay a fee to grow vegetables and whatnot in there. So our kids in our Leo Club put that together. They've now expanded beyond with other projects. They did one project where they collected books and they had an older sister who was graduating from high school that was going on a mission trip to Appalachia. So they gave... I think it was close to 500 books were taken down wow. to Appalachia that these kids, this was their own idea, their own project that they took on. And most recently, the Lions Club itself, with the help of some outside grants, we purchased a specialty camera that can be utilized, one, to just look at acuity in terms of how good people's vision is, but it also has the ability, we call it preschool vision screening. And amblyopia is something that if you can identify amblyopia before the age, I believe it's of seven, you can actually take corrective med And amblyopia is, um, I can't think of the vernacular name now. Uh, you're basically cross-eyed, lazy eye, lazy eye. So when you can find out that they have this and you can actually take corrective measures so that the child will have normal vision, will not be afflicted. And this camera, you know, using technology, can do this. Our Leos are the ones that are operating the camera. They've done a couple of screenings already, and their plan is because these oh, wow. kids, these kids are all in school. They're middle school and now into high school age. With their school year ending, the preschools go year round because the kids still go to preschool. Their parents right. are working, 
So they are going to go out to preschools around the county and be screening kids, trying it's preschool kids to identify if any of them are prone to lazy eye amblyopia. That's great. So, and again, these are kids under the age of 18 that are doing this and they are so fired up about it. And if you had one of them in here, they could talk about the actual medical stuff because they've been reading <laughs> up on it and they're like, wow, this would be a great thing if we can keep kids from having this happen to them. So yeah, it's very powerful working with kids and there there is an interest in there. Kids kind of, they want to help other kids in particular. Well, the other thing too, if I'm not mistaken, that I mean, that's community service hours and don't they need a certain amount of them to graduate from high school? A absolutely. I mean, I, th I don't know if they've got done away with mandatory or not. I know they've yeah. gone back and forth. But I actually addressed this at a PTA meeting because I was, I was trying to, you know, I saw the kids in our school district as a, you know, source of help but um as it turns out there are mandatory community service hours in harper county schools but it's entirely contained within the curriculum now so you can go to school you may not even know you're doing your community service it's just part of your class and if what? you complete that project I disagree with that. well that's the way it is because right. and part of it is um the principal was explaining she said you know we don't know we would need to fingerprint every single person who's helping or we would need to have them sign a waiver to let them know you know we're not responsible for anything that happens when you're doing community service with this wow. other so that's part of that red tape that I was talking about earlier and what Larry said you know that's exactly what I was talking about if you if you make it easy and you give people the ability to serve if you give people the drive to serve they're gonna find ways to do it um, especially you know what my generation and lower that's a huge thing. We are, I mean, millennials are absolutely obsessed with community service. Oh, yeah. One of the things, it, churches nowadays, if you look at the churches who are successful versus the churches who are declining, it's that idea of, are you giving me an opportunity to serve my community, to serve other people? And it's it's not necessary, necessarily just altruism. It's just something that, you know, we just, we feel gosh, I, I have this drive to, to help somebody other than myself. That feels good. And with Facebook, with Twitter and other things, there are a lot of things that are on there. It's just, it doesn't feel that great. But this feels this feels like something I can really invest in. This feels like something. And it's something that I can post on my Facebook and my Twitter, and people can see what I'm doing. Uh, let me give you a real example of that in terms of the, the younger generation. We actually have a, a Lions Club at Johns Hopkins. It was stood up a little over a year ago. So these are students at Hopkins. Most of them are actually pre-med. And part of their draw to Lions was because of the things that Lions do associated with vision. So they signed up, and one of the things they got heavily involved in was contacting people and doing some initial screening over the phone to help people with low vision. Well, when I went to visit our club at Hopkins, I said, hey, how are things going? And you know, we've talked today about you know, getting members and people to join and whatnot. And the president um, said, oh, it's, it's going really good. She goes, we've actually stopped taking people what? joining. And, and that was my reaction. My knees buckled <laughs> and I said, what? And she said, oh, we've had so many people sign up that we don't have enough for folks to do. And she said, again, realize we're college students, which means most of our free time is on weekends. And so when opportunities come up on weekends, they get people, they have sign-up sheets and they have a waiting list. Wow. And if they take more people, then people aren't engaged and can't. And I, I quickly said, so what you're telling me 
is that if I can find projects for you to do, you've got a list of people that are waiting to jump in. She said, absolutely. And which was just, you know, joy to my ears. So, you know, and of course, the, the one caveat, these are kids that they don't have transportation. But again, right. they were making use of some, you know, Uber, things like that to get to some places. Oh, wow. But again, that's how engaged these kids, you know, these, these are 20-somethings that are taking a pre-med academic load, and yet they are that engaged that they're telling people, no, we've got, we've got more people than we need. We, we can't find the, the areas to help. So th- I think that ties hand-in-hand yeah. hand with what you're saying. I, I think one of the important things, and this is for churches, this is for Lions Clubs, service organizations, anybody, when you're dealing with millennials, the last thing that you want to say, they, if you can avoid saying this one word, you can get all the help that you're going to need. You need to avoid saying the word no. If somebody comes up to you with an idea and it's a terrible idea, you don't say no. Because, Let's research it. Yeah, yeah. just figure out a way to get something. Or, or even not now is a lot better than no. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I used to preach at a church in Virginia. And I was trying to figure out some way to help our community, and somebody wanted to basically create what was, in essence, a YMCA um, and have our church run it. And we had 20 people. And I was I was just like, in my head, there was just no way that we were at a point where we could do that. I mean, we weren't even 10 years away from being able to do that. Uh, but instead of saying no, I said, you know, you're reaching really high and that's a really great thing i'm really glad that you're thinking that far ahead and that you're thinking that high and you have such a lofty goal i can't see it happening right now but don't ever stop dreaming that big don't ever stop having ideas because when you find one that we can put into action we're going to do that and that's going to be incredible for our community it never materialized because i ended up leaving and she ended up being told no by somebody else and and that just killed her passion but it was just one of those things where if if you can't if you can do anything in your power to avoid telling someone straight out no uh, that really changes the dynamic change the focus change the audience change whatever you have to just don't say no or don't say that's a bad idea because then people are going to stop dreaming people are going to stop trying to figure out how to put that stuff into motion and look at how many bad ideas have become excellent, you know, fundraisers or excellent programs that people are doing now. Right. You know, I mean, they, um, we had, so, I love social media. You, you all know that. We, our general meetings for Job Now Lions Club, we usually, we only have 12 members in the club now. Our general meetings, we've been getting maybe five, sometimes six members there. That's it. And we had, uh, this gentleman coming down from Leader Dogs, uh, what's it, Carol, right? Carol Jackson. Carol Jackson, great guy, has Leader Dog and everything. We decided, well, at our general meeting, why don't we invite him? So I came up with the idea. I said, well, why don't we invite the public too? You know, and advertise it as you want to learn more about Joptown Lions Club, and here's our desk. We had 25 people come that night, and out of that, we've gotten gotten one member in now and we get we're getting ready to install another new member and we have three other people that are interested that are said they definitely want to sign up so i mean it helps 
and with you used to social media to advertise these things, which brought me made me think. Like instead of general meeting, why not have something for the public? You know, like a lot of people, you know, we have the clubhouse group in Hanover Park. That's us. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Why not have the meetings up there? Show show the people what you do, where you're at, where your home is. Uh, you know, but it's I, I think it it makes a big difference. And and somebody when I first came up the idea, they said they said that ain't gonna work. So let's try it, and it worked. Yeah, I so, always tell my church, you know, we may have twelve directions to go in, and none of them might be the right direction, but. If we just sit here and do nothing, that's not going to do anything. If we go in the wrong direction for a little while, it's not the worst thing in the world, and at least we have one crossed off the list, and we have 11 more directions to try. Right. And then if you try those 11 they don't work, then you, you know, may have to come up with something new. But it's better to try something and fail than not to try at all. Exactly. Uh, and you can't get discouraged with that kind of stuff. You said your meetings had like five or six people. I. I remember my first Christmas Eve service as a preacher. I was 22 years old in Culpeper, Virginia, and I was really excited because people come to church on Christmas Eve. People come to church on Easter, so I thought, hey, we might get more people than we're accustomed to. People might just drive by, and I remember I was standing out in the parking lot trying to like direct people and wave people in and stuff, and wow. it just wasn't working. And we ended up, my parents were there, I was there. And even with the three of us, uh, we only had 10 people. And I was thinking to myself, man, how in the world am I going to sell this to my church and keep them encouraged and keep them going? And I just, I don't know where it came from. Um, You know, some of your listeners may not believe in divine intervention. But when I got up there and I started to address these 10 people who were there for Christmas Eve service, which was less than half of what we normally had on a a Sunday, um, I stood up and I said, you know what? There are only 10 of us here today. But there were fewer people at the first Christmas, and look what came out of that. Ah. And um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, like you said, not making things exclusive, not letting people be discouraged. Not If the people who do show up, you got to make them feel special and make them feel like they're part of something. And, and make sure you're not shutting out people, because when you shut out people, that's essentially telling people, no, you're not welcome right. here. Um, and turning even things that are hard to turn into positives, if you can give them any kind of positive spin at all, people are going to keep coming. People are going to keep believing in something if there's something to believe in. And and that's, I'm telling you, community service is one of those things that people really believe in, even if it's just once a month. Mountain Christian Church has Second Saturday Serve, and every second Saturday they have people, young adults, who show up in droves and go out and serve the community. Um, and that's just a once-a-month thing, Serve Fest is something that happens once a year. Sometimes people might only give four hours once a year, but that's still four hours that you can tap into and sign up for a project and and really help our community. Um, Any help goes to help whatever it can be, and and that's helped Harper County. In fact, SurfFest is now beyond Harper County, into Baltimore County, and I think at least one other county, too. Um, It's it's becoming bigger, so. The beauty of community service is it can tie very different populations and organizations mm-hmm. together and you know listening the job lines have gotten small in terms of a critical mass and we had the same problem in Darlington I joined 16 17 years ago and was by far the youngest guy showing up at the meetings and you know we took some measures and one of the things we did is we teamed with other organizations we didn't have enough people to really move the needle if right. you will but we reached out to other groups, and uh, you know some of those, the Conowingo Lions, were a club that we 
do a joint fishing rodeo with. In fact, it's this coming Saturday up at the state park. It was something the Darlington Lions had been doing for years, but we didn't have the number of people and we didn't have the funds to do it. We reached to another Lions Club. We now have gotten much stronger. We can do it ourselves, but we've established a personal relationship with the Conowingo Lions, and they have a whole other network to get the word out to kids, so we get more kids there. We do it with them together. We've done the same thing with a bingo in Darlington, the community bingo. It started out, we had the fire hall involved, we had the PTA from the elementary school, and the Lions Club. So it actually joined us in terms of getting to know those groups. It brought money into each of the groups. And so it strengthened all of us and established you know, a common bond, if you will. And we do a lot more communication across those groups to help the groups out. So the PTA now knows how to get a hold right. of the Lions Club. And hey, we're starting the Patriot program and we'd like to pay for a bus to get the kids down or up to the Liberty Bell or something. And the Lions Club, okay, yeah, we can help you out, things like that. So, you know, would encourage, you know, Adam's got a lot of connections in various organizations. Rich, of course, your incoming president of the Jabatown Lions Club. I mean, I think there's an, an effort there to, you know, jump on that bandwagon for Jabatown in particular of doing things together. And there's nothing to say that people can't be members of multiple organizations. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll talk about, I, I'm actually Catholic. I'll put it out there. My wife is a member of the Darlington United Methodist Church, and I go every week with her. But there's six or seven of our members are regular congregants from the Methodist Church. There's a close tie there because you look around and you see people that are into helping others and doing community service. And they've been extended the invitation and they've decided to join the Lions. And we do things together. You know, we have our meetings at the church. They help us out. So, again, I think that community service you know, as Adam alluded to, is a tie that binds across boundaries. Yeah. So I think that's key, too. I mean, the organizations in a community need to pull together and help each other out. Um, what, and that's one of the things I want to do as president this year. I, I, there's no reason why we can't be involved with, you know, Adam's group or even the, the Java Java Town Advisory Council meeting. Somebody's front of club should be at that every time. Um, if we have a garden club, I believe. Everybody just have somebody from each organization just meet for lunch or something and talk and shoot ideas around. Yeah, how can we help you? The PTA is another one. I know I got a call from one of the uh, ladies from the PTA for their, they're having a color run. Yeah. And wanted to know, you know, if we could be out there uh, serving water to the people. Of course, she just contacted me yesterday uh, would it be great? But you know, we could have. But you know, I'm already gone for the weekend, and actually, I don't even think we had anybody. Yeah, my church church is my church is serving water, so at least okay, somebody good. will be. But um, <laughs> no, but that's another thing too that you mentioned. Working together um, allows. Uh, for instance, I'm in a, a preachers group. It's well, it's more than preachers. It's um, Harford County Leaders Lunch, which happens. I think it's the second Wednesday of every month, and um, it's a bunch of different preachers and, and clergy and staff of churches and Christian business owners and people who work in Christian businesses who get together for lunch just to talk about the county. And one of the things that's coming out of that is let's not duplicate efforts. If your church is doing something or has something that's helping this subset of the community, let's not have two different people trying to do the same thing. Right. Let's just join together and do that one thing and we'll do it better. And um, I think that's something that, that could really help, too. You know, that's Hartford County-wide, 
So that's great because if now let's say we do something just in Joppa Town, my church does it, and it also needs to be done in Darlington. Maybe that's not going to go and do the same thing. But if there was a church in Edgewood who's doing the same thing, we could have it at the epicenter and and join in together. If your church in Darlington was doing something, or your Lions Club in Darlington was doing something, and well, you know, a fishing rodeo, which I don't know what a fishing rodeo is. All I've been envisioning is like a bucking trout and you're trying to hang on. Um, you're riding that fish. Yeah. I, but like, I really kind of want to know what that is at the moment. I don't know if we can continue this podcast unless I find out what a fishing rodeo is. It's a kind the kids fish. You give prizes for the largest fish, the most fish caught by age groups, things like that. So you round up the kids. You let them loose on the pond to go after the fish. Okay. Hold on, I'll think of somebody with a lasso. I did actually know what that was. My son would love that. But so do you, I don't know if advertise is the right word, but do you get the word out about those things just in your community? Because I live in Bell Camp. In all fairness, I'm not necessarily out in the community so much. But uh, my son would love to go to that. I didn't know anything about it. So how would I have heard about that? Or how can I find out? In fact, I, I believe it was in the Aegis, but you have to read the Dublin News yeah, right. article yeah. session, which, again, if, if you live in Bel Air, you may not bother reading what's happening in Dublin, you know, understand right. that. Um, but in general, no, we don't get front page Aegis news sure. coverage, um, you know, but we do, you know, try, and again, I, I will say I'm impressed when Adam walked in, he's fooling with all the knobs on the computer, knows what's going on. <laughs> it's like, we need 20-somethings that maybe they can't be out on the streets handing out the water because they're employed during the day or whatever, but people that can take advantage of technology that can help the Lions Club project what they do and get the word out is a, certainly a talent that the millennials could bring to the table that we would love to have embedded in our Lions Clubs. Well, I would like to, um, I mean, I operate our Facebook page, um, Four Seasons, um, Four Seasons Nursery and Landscape Services. Woo! Had to think about that for a second. Um, but so, do you guys have a Facebook page? Because my thought process is that if I can, if I know to, or if I think to keep checking to see if you're like posting events or anything, to be able to post them on my page because I don't necessarily know where the people that follow us live, but. I mean, I reach a pretty good amount of people that maybe, you know, I can post things that you're doing or post things that he's doing or whatever. So it's not just about us, but, you know, we're somehow right. supporting people in the community as well. It really is up to the individual clubs. There, there is a Facebook page for the district. But again, that's very top level that you don't necessarily dive into specific events in one mm -hmm. community. So individual clubs, some of them do have Facebook pages. Um, and I will say it's probably a minority of the clubs. But we actually, I just actually hired a consultant to put together a, sem a webinar um, to go through Facebook. And it wasn't just Facebook, a way to reach people. It was really a how-to instructional one-hour presentation. And I've gotten very good feedback from some of the people that participated. And of course, the beauty of the webinar, it was taped. And we now have it available for you know all clubs that can go back and look at it and walk through the steps. So I'm hopeful that more clubs will adopt Facebook, for instance, as a way to get the word out. Uh, does Joppa Town have a Facebook page? Oh yeah, we're over 2,000, we have over 2,000 oh. likes on it. Right, so do that- Do you post like your events and stuff? Uh, yes, we do. The other thing too, and just if I could chime in here, the, um, and let your club know, anybody, any events, people can also post on Harford County Living. 
whether it be the Facebook page or our website, people can go to ArthurCountyLiving.com and, and add their event for free. Um, the other thing, we are now working on a app for you know your Apple phones, Kindles, Androids, and all that, which will also keep people updated with, of course, the good news and any events coming up. So this way, it'll be out there. I mean, it's just just a way to reach more people. Um, and one more thing, I have to add, Sarah. You say you don't get, you know, you can't get involved, or you don't have enough time to get involved with the community. But your business does a lot with the community. I mean, you guys help a lot of nonprofits and all that in the area. Well, so we do. You do but more than you realize. More financially than than actually getting out there. But and that's a big big key still that helps out a lot yeah i mean there are you know a few things out there that we really do you know support it really means something to us whether it's you know somebody in our family it was involved in you know you know autism awareness that kind mm -hmm. of stuff um that you know we, we really do try to financially help but really i would like to go out and, and do more but i'm going to be i'm going to be honest you know i have um like everybody else you know i have two kids and it's uh school all day i you know run a business at home and then they come home and it's okay hurry up we got to do homework got to do dinner and we have to go to mma and now we have swim team and so it's six days a week and then sunday rolls around and i'm like yeah not getting out of bed not getting up early it's not happening and that's how and that's how that goes like i can ha i have goals but I, I don't even like to go out and do anything fun on a Sunday like I, I can't make plans on a Sunday because like it's most likely I, I will not follow through honestly it, it's terrible because I just I'm like oh tomorrow we have school or tomorrow I have to go back to work I'm not going to go out and do whatever it, it, it it's terrible but it's the reality of it well but you know it's it's interesting and I'll get in my preacher soapbox for a second but um, Paul talks about a couple times in his letters that the body of Christ or the church is, is supposed to be made up of many members. You know, you have hands who do the work of hands and feet who do the work of feet and eyes who do the work of eyes and ears who do the work of ears. And you can't have an eye saying, well, I'd rather be an ear because then I can't hear. But you can be somebody who hears about stuff in the community and tells other people about stuff in the community. And that's something that can really help the community. There's a place for that. Um, but that being said, I will, I will say one thing. I'm going to go back uh, to what we were talking about with Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Um, this is something that churches talk to me about all the time. Well, if we had a better website or if we had a better Facebook page, if we had more social, I agree that helps to a certain point. But the number one way that you'll get people involved in community service, the number one way that you'll get people involved in your organization, your church, whatever it may be, is if somebody invites them from that organization. Oh, that's Absolutely. true. That's true. Absolutely. And it, it's not even close because, I, you know, I'm, I'm about as extroverted as they come, and I still get uncomfortable going to an event where I'm not sure if I know anybody or if I feel like an outsider. But if somebody says, hey, I'm going to this thing, do you want to come with me? And I'm going to hang out with you all night if you can't find other people to hang out with. Like, it makes it so much easier, so much more accessible. Um, and that personal invitation just changes the whole ballgame. So for the Lions Club, if you have people who are your members, all you have to do is get them to say, hey, find one person to invite. Right. Um, and no, don't become true. so, this is one of the problems that my church has sometimes. We have so many events going on that the only people who you hang out with are other people in the church. And that's why I try to tell people, 
get involved in something else in the community. Get involved in something else so you have more than one place. So, you know, if you want to invite somebody to church, you can invite somebody from that other club that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to invite somebody to that other club, you can invite somebody from the church and get involved and, and make that mesh and that net of, of resources together. That's one of the things we're trying to do with that Harper County Leaders Lunch that I was talking about. So I, That's, you're 110% correct there. You gotta invite people. You have to be out in the community so people see you doing stuff together. And I think another thing where a lot of uh, people in organizations miss the boat, they don't brag about it. You know, be, if you're a lion, be proud to be a lion. Tell people about it. Be proud of the church and tell people about it. If you sit there and brag to people, telling more people about your organization and what, you're, what you do, it's going to open their ears, they're going to want to listen, and that's going to make a big difference. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about in the church a lot. It's hard to share your faith with somebody, and that makes a lot of sense, but it's just like, if I get through a sermon and people don't know who my, like, they, I talk about my parents a lot, or I talk about my friends a lot, and I talk about my, my girlfriend a lot, and people are like, you sure talk about them a lot. I'm like, yeah, because I love them, and they're yeah. very active in my life, and that's one of the reasons it's easy to share my faith, because I love Jesus, and it's easy to talk about that. It's something that really influences a lot of what I do, and so it's just one of those things where it becomes natural to talk about that. It's natural for me to talk about the good things my church is doing, because it takes up a lot of my time, and we're doing a lot of good things. It's easy for me to talk about the good things in Joppa Town because there's a lot of things going on. It takes up a lot of my time. And so when I talk about, how have you been lately? Well, I've been really good. The church is going well. I've been involved in the PTA. I did Relay for Life. I did, I'm co-coaching the academic competition team. Hey, we started this nonprofit organization. It's just what I'm doing. And what, what, what you're doing becomes kind of who you are. It just becomes infectious. And other people... Now, some people might be afraid, well, I don't want to commit to all of those things. Right. And, and I would caution people against that. You don't need to dive in as, as deep as some of us do. But, um, and please don't. It's not good for your sanity. But, um, <laughs> you know, d dive in. At least put your toe in the water and see, see where your level of comfort is because it's going to be different for each person. And no two people are the same. Going back to that, that idea of the body, you know, different functions for different things really helps out a lot. You know, if you're good with social media, be good with social media and, and pour your heart into it and help, help other people with it. Just um, think about how large the community is. And if everybody could just step in and help with one thing, the, the number of things that we could take on, you know, whatever organization you're in. So, and I agree with Adam. I, and I think sometimes my friends and social circles see me and see how engaged I am, you know, I've multiple boards that I serve on, you know, running around the Baltimore area, you know, every day with Lions. Thing. I mean, I started this morning, I met the fire marshal up at Darlington because I'm in charge of organizing the parade and fireworks for the town that's coming up. So, you know, and again, I got a job too. So, you know, you're running, but if everyone could just do one thing, you know, and maybe, maybe their thing is they come out and help pick up trash. We talked about that before we got started this morning. That would be wonderful. Maybe you're going to help out with a screening with the kids, or you're going to help hand out the water. And if everybody did one thing, even if it was once a year, just think of the power of the yeah. numbers that we have that could bring to bear. So you don't have to jump in and be the whole body, as Adam said, but just a piece part of that individual contribution could make a huge difference if we could get more people to step in and the toe in the water, as you said. Right. And also look for opportunities. I, one of the things that I really like to do um, 
even numbered years are my favorite years because there are elections and I go out to the polls and I stand out with the electioneers and I go up to people and I ask them if I can ask them a question and and a lot of times people say no but if people let me ask a question a lot of people do I say I'm not campaigning for anyone or anything I'm just looking for ways to help our community the preacher of a church I'm the president of this organization that helps our community what are ways that you what are things that you want to see happen what are things that you want to get involved in because I don't pretend that my church of 50 people or my organization which has you know a, a membership of 36 or so people I don't pretend that those 86 people have all the answers for our community because right. there's thousands of people who live here thousands of people who work here I want to hear from those people and if I don't hear from you on a regular basis hey there's an opportunity where people are coming to me and I'll just stand out there and talk to them when that happens so if you pick them up because they're probably fooled by the question thinking you're asking, well, will you vote for me or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> That's well, probably why people say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any last uh, words before we uh, leave here for today? As, as Adam said, you know, opportunities all the time are arising and would just say, you know, take advantage of them. Try something. There is no right or wrong. You know, if you're trying to do good in your community, you'll make a difference. Right. It, it, you may start out very small, and you may find out that you like it. And I, I'll, I'll just end my last words on a story. We talked about mandatory service for kids in school, and I had a niece a number of years ago that I got the phone call, Uncle Larry, I need some hours. I know you're in the Lions Club. What can you hook me up with? And I took her up to a distribution of food baskets at Christmas, helping me put the food baskets in the families as they came up, taking kids inside to get toys and whatnot. There was lots of hugs by the recipients, tears, you know, thanks and whatnot. And she said, she said, she goes, wow, these people, they're, they're really poor. I said, they are, but we're, we're helping them out and we're making a difference. The next year she was a senior. She didn't need any service hours. She called me and said, are you doing that Christmas giveaway again? Can I come up and help? There was no mandatory to it. It wasn't she needed the hours, but it touched her and it made a difference and she came back. And I think every person... If you get involved, you get invited to something, you participate, and you see you can make a difference, it draws you back. That's the appeal. So get involved. And you, I think the other thing there, too, you, when you get the kids involved in something, it's when they see that it works, it feels so good to them, and they want to keep doing it. My son's the same way. I mean, I got him started when he was young. He's 23 now. He, he'll, he called me last night wanting to know if he could use the DJ system because they want him to – DJ a relay for life. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. He said, it's okay if I donate my time, right? So whatever you want to do, that's totally up to you. My daughter, you know, same way now. She loved, She helped us. We did a pancake breakfast for Father Simmons at Holy Spirit Church in Lions Day, right. and she wanted to go down and help. So, I mean, you get the kids started young, and they're, they see how people react to it. It feels good. So, Adam? Uh, I just want to thank you guys for, you know, I think this is an important message to get out. I, Not to make people feel guilty if they don't have the time or if they're not doing anything, but just make it accessible to people saying you can, you can help our community. I think it's a great message to get out there, and I think this is a great platform to share it. I know we talked a lot about Joppa Town and Darlington, but I know this goes out to all of Harper County, and since it's on the Internet, it goes out to the world, and, you know, since it's 
radio signals that could go out further than that if there's life out there. But um, I encourage anybody on any planet uh, <laughs> to get involved in your community whatever way you can. Like we said, it doesn't have to be all the time. Just a little bit can help and a little bit can change lives and make differences. So um, thank you for the platform. Thank you for this. It was really, really fun. And if I, I get an email from somebody from Mars, I'm coming right to you. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, you have anything to add? No, I don't have anything to add. It was, this was really informative, actually, and I now I need to figure out how I can, because I I'm I find that I don't know what's going on out in the public. In the public, my my sister works for the health department. I know the things that they are doing. My mom works um, for uh, outreach for Upper Chesapeake. Or it's not Upper Chesapeake anymore, whatever it is. University yeah, of Maryland. University of Maryland, Maryland Upper Chesapeake. Maryland, okay, yeah. that. Um, you know, so I know the things that they are doing, but as far as any 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 other organization out there, I I have no idea, so I need to step up my game, I think. Uh, you still, and it's like Adam said, you could be the eyes or the ears, you know, to, to uh, tell people about something. But I do have a question, actually, about the fishing thing. Do you have to do you have to register for it? Can you just show up? Show up. It's Saturday morning, which I guess this Saturday is the 11th. Okay. It's at yeah. Susquehanna State Park at the Deer Creek Pavilion. Over, yes. Overlook? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So there, I think registration starts at 11 o'clock, okay. and we'll actually start fishing at 1230. It's an hour and a half of fishing in the pond. And, again, we prizes for largest, most by age group. But we actually then have door prizes, so everybody walks away with something. Um, and again, it's a picnic environment. You can bring your own, or with the Conowingo Lions, they'll you know we'll have hot dogs, chips, and whatnot. And there's actually no charge for it. We have a donation bin out there. If you want to give a couple dollars, that's great. But you know, do it's the fish there. get thrown back? Yes. Thank goodness. Oh, yes. So you can't grill them up right no, now. No, listen. My my husband and my son went fishing and brought back seventy pounds of trout. Seventy. That's good eating. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't even like fish that much. And now I, it's all in my freezer. And No, no, no. These he's are like, small. like, when am I going these fishing are... again? I'm like, never, because we're never going to get through 70 pounds of Oh, you could have brought some to me. I'll, I'd grill it Well, off. I will next month because I'll still have it. And if you don't feel like fishing, if running or walking is more your thing, also this Saturday the 11th, the Joppatown Color Run 5K is going to be taking place on Shore Drive, and uh, I can't. I think registration right now is forty dollars, but the proceeds go to benefit uh, three PTAs in Joppatown, uh, which is really good. It's color run, so bring a white T-shirt, and you'll get that all painted up and colored up, and uh, that should be a lot of fun too. And um, one thing I wanted to mention: you were talking about Sarah. You were talking about um, ways that we can communicate together. There are a couple things right now. Uh, there's a Harford County Hope for the Homeless. They're they're working together to help end homelessness in Harford County. They have a Facebook page. Um, also, uh, there's a, a faith-based thing called HireTogether.org, which it takes all of the church events that are going on. So if you're looking for some way to get involved, that's a good way. A lot of events are posted on that. Obviously, the Aegis, as we talked about, or Coffee News, or the Harford Cable Network, or Harford County Living um, are good ways to find out about that kind of stuff. And um, one other event that I figure I'll, I'll take the opportunity to plug, my church has a Christmas in July party every July, or it's going to be July 23rd this year, and um, we celebrate Christmas because I don't believe that it was in December, so I say we might as well do it any other time of the year, and we have a lot of fun, and 
we have a lot of cool things that go on there, but one of the things that we do is we give out preschool supplies to kids who come. We wrap them up as Christmas presents in the world's most evil Christmas gift wrapping uh, thing because when they unwrap them and it's pencils and things like that, they're like, oh, man, school starts next month. <laughs> um, but we do that to try to help our community, uh, people who may not be able to afford that kind of stuff. All right, now so. I have a scary question for you. Christmas in July, do you have Santa there? Yeah, we do. I'm actually not a big fan of that, but we do have Santa there, and we have pictures with Santa, and he's usually wearing Bermuda shorts. I was going to say, is he he in his suit or Speedo or what? But interesting (laughs) enough, I I actually met somebody during the election, the primary election this year, who plays Santa Claus, and uh, we might have him come. So that was pretty cool. We have have a guy in our church who does it, too. I assume you guys take donations from the community for the school supplies that you sure. wrap up. We're not going to turn them down, absolutely. And if you don't give them all out, you'll take them to a school or something? Yeah, we have a pretty good relationship with the schools around uh, town. We usually give winter clothes and stuff to the guidance counselors when they know that there's a kid who can't afford one or when a kid walks in without a winter coat. Uh, it's usually because that's happening, so we make sure that we, we have good relationships over there. Yeah, I need to find like a coat drive or something. I'm tired of donating stuff to Goodwill. I used to work for well, when it was SAIC, and they somebody there had a coat drive that, as my kids grew out of, I believe the Aberdeen that, Lions Club last year had a coat drive, mm-hmm. and I believe they're probably going to do it again. Um, I can I'll get you the name of contact, but uh, Moats and Almany um, CPAs on Paradise Road were the a collection point okay. last year. Okay. So they may not have gotten it started up yet because we're in summer. But, right. but yeah, the Aberdeen Lions Club did just that, a coat drive last year. And uh, Joppa Town Christian Church has two free yard sales every year. We have one in the spring, one in the fall. And we take donations all year round. And whenever we get critical mass, we can't store it anymore. We start planning it. And usually it's in September and in April. Um, we just give away everything that we can, and it's all free. Um, so that's another place that if you're looking to donate stuff, I'm certainly not going to turn that away. And it, we make sure it goes to people who need it. Yeah, I would much rather donate my kids' clothes and stuff that they grow out of to, I mean, to somebody I know that's actually going to use it and not. I mean, I know Goodwill does great things, but in my community, you know what I mean? And, right. And for those listening in other communities, whether they be in Bell Camp or Darlington or Mars. Um, um, make sure, I mean, it, it's not just our two organizations. There are organizations around you, I guarantee oh, it. Yeah. Uh, so please look for organizations that you're passionate about. Look for organizations that you can be a part of, that um, you align with, and, and that you can be passionate about because that's that's the real key is passion. So. Uh, yeah, I want to add one thing to that too because a lot of people look to donate furniture or whatever, clothes. They have no idea where to take it to um i know if you call edgewood thrift shop which is owned by amvex they you, you can schedule a time for them to actually come pick stuff up if it's too heavy mm-hmm. and the one thing with them since it is owned by amvex of course it all you know everything raised money from the store goes back to the veterans yeah that's great uh, the other thing they do and i didn't realize this until somebody told me somebody that is displaced because of fire or whatever they will give them stuff to help them out Oh, that's so, great. That's that's uh, a big thing. Well, I want to thank you all for coming. Larry, thank you very much. And I know I'll see you again. Adam, I know I'll see Glad you to be again, here. too. Sarah, I'll definitely see you next yeah, month. I'll see you next um, month. One thing I want to add, any businesses out there, organizations, people, if you want to be a guest on the Harford County Living Podcast, 
uh, just contact me, R. Bennett, at HarfordCountyLiving.com or go to our website, HarfordCountyLiving.com. It is free to come on. We welcome anybody that's local to come on. We're not charging for you to come on. So uh, definitely give us a call, and uh, we you will hear from us again next month. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Thank you.